Good morning. Today is Thursday, December 29th, 2022. Last week, we discussed the descriptive words used in connection with certain great people in the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu, the word Rabbeinu, our teacher, of course, because Moshe taught us the Torah. Mama Rachel, our mother Rachel, Rachel. Aharon HaKohen, for example, Aharon the Kohen. Just <coughs> to look at an example of greatness in the other direction, Haman HaRasha, Haman the Wicked. So the, 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 the uh, application of those words is rather intuitive, but these words are not mentioned anywhere in the Torah in connection with these people. Nowhere in the Torah is called Moshe called Moshe Rabbeinu. But these words, these descriptive uh, appellations, come from the usage of Jews over the centuries. And one of them that we discussed last week is Yosef Hatzadik, Yosef the Righteous. This one is not intuitive. Why is Yosef, above all others, known for his righteousness? Just looking at the biography of his life does not immediately lead us to that appellation being the most crucial and critical. And last week I shared one answer to this question, and today I want to share a very, very different answer to this question. And this answer comes from Rav Yehuda Amital. And not only does Rav Amital provide this answer, but it is also an expression of his personality and his approach to life. By the end of this week's Torah portion of Vayigash, it is clear in hindsight that all of the events, both positive and negative, that happened to Yosef were simply a means to an ends of creating the situation where the dreams that he told his brothers and his father in last week's Torah portion come true, and also placing him at the top of Egyptian power, both political power and economic power. All of the events, going to Egypt, being enslaved, coming free, interpreting the dreams for power, everything, the brothers coming, reuniting with the brothers, it all places him in order to be able to fulfill these two goals. In last week's Torah portion, when Yosef finally is released from prison and he comes to stand before Paro and he interprets Paro's dreams, then there is a very strange passage. Because all of a sudden, in addition to providing the interpretation of the dream to Paro, there will be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine, Yosef then proceeds to provide unasked economic advice, an economic plan to help Paro and Egypt survive over the next 14 years. Abarbanel, one of the classic commentators of the Torah, says this was part of God's 
message, God's prophecy to Yosef. God gave Yosef. Yosef himself says, the interpretation is not from me, it comes from God. God told Yosef in the interpretation of the dream, and this is what you should say to Paro about how to handle the upcoming 14 years. Okay, so if that's the answer, then that's the answer. God told him to say it, so he said it. But Rav Amital suggests a different approach to understanding why Yosef continues after simply interpreting the dream to providing, unasked, this economic plan. Let's begin with the tactic used by Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov to spread the ideas of monotheism and morality in the world. Until Avraham arrived on the scene, there was only a very small group of people who were trying to spread these ideas, a very few number of people who believed in one God, who upheld morals and ethics. And Avraham decided, and he was the first one to come across this idea, to establish a nation, an entire functioning political entity that would live out these ideals of monotheism and morality. And he, Avraham, would set an outstanding example. And this would encourage other people to adopt this lifestyle. Yitzchak continued this process. And so does Yaakov. But by the time we get to Yaakov, we see that this tactic has crumbled. Yaakov's family is in disarray. The problems between Yosef and his brothers, the internal structure, what would be the genesis of a nation of Israel, seems to have failed. But despite these reversals, the goal remains. And then comes Yosef. And Yosef saw, perhaps, I mean, obviously, God directed this, but Yosef is the first one to see that it is fundamentally impossible to spread monotheism and morality, to spread spirituality, without first providing for people's physical needs. If people are going to be hungry during a famine, they're not going to be able to listen to messages of serving one God. Yosef understood that it was his task to guide Egypt through the seven years of the famine in order to ultimately create a Jewish nation. Because if you haven't taken care of people's basic needs of food and shelter and clothing, they will not be able to listen to any other message. And Yosef is teaching us something that the Jewish people must never forget. Before we try to change the world spiritually, we must make sure that people are taken care of on a physical, mundane, material level. Our rabbis say, Im ein kemach, ein Torah. 
in Pirkei Avos. If there's no kemach, there's no flour to make bread, there's no Torah. If your stomach is empty, you won't be able to involve yourself in spirituality. You have to take care of the physical first, and then you can go to the spiritual. And Yosef's advice is directed to us today, we who call ourselves religious Zionists. We concerned with, we are concerned with, we care about, we try to improve the spiritual state of Medinat Yisrael, the state of Israel, and the nation of Israel. But before we do that, we have to first take care of the material needs of every single citizen in Israel, every single person in Israel. Does every single person have enough to eat? Do they have clothing? Do they have shelter? Do they have health care? Only once we have taken care of the material needs of every single individual can we then begin to fulfill our spiritual destiny to be a mamlechas koanim, a nation of priests, v'goy kadosh, and a holy nation. In last week's Torah portion, Miketz, when Yosef interprets the dreams to Paro, and Paro and all of the ministers around him are so impressed with this interpretation and this advice, and the advisors to Paro say the following words, Has there ever been a person that has the Spirit of God resting on them like this person, Yosef? Has there ever been a person who God rested his presence on like Yosef? The writer of Kol Simcha asks the following question, what do you mean? Has there ever been a person who, where the spirit, who the Spirit of God rests on like Yosef? Well, of course there was. There was Hanoch, there was Noach, there was Avraham, there was Yitzchak, there was Yaakov. God's Spirit certainly dwelled on them, rested on them. What do you mean? They'd never heard of such a thing. But he explains as follows. All of those individuals, their lives were involved with serving God, with spirituality. And they had no involvement in societal welfare. They were involved in spreading Torah, spreading knowledge of God, doing mitzvos, being moral. But they were not involved with societal welfare, with caring for the physical needs of every member of society. Yosef Distinct from that comes Yosef, the righteous. He was in charge of the household of Potiphar. He oversaw agriculture and took care of finances. He understands many languages. He is able to offer economic advice. The im calls ruach bo and in addition to that, the Spirit of God is resting on him. This we've never seen before. We've never seen before a character, a person in the Torah, before Yosef, who can combine both this spiritual greatness of having God's presence dwell within them and 
an awareness and as concern for the material needs of every single member of society. Yosef is the first. There are two terms we use, two Hebrew terms we use. One is ruchnius, ruchniut, spirituality, spiritual concerns. And the other is gashmius, gashmiut, materialism, physical needs. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter famously said, your gashmius is my ruchnius. My spiritual duty begins with making sure your material needs are met. You have food, you have clothing, you have shelter, you have good health. That's my primary and first spiritual need for myself. This is what Yosef understood. And this is what earned for him the title of Yosef Hatzadik, Yosef the Righteous. Rav Amital is a modern example of this. Firmly rooted in Torah and spirituality, his focus was on the entirety of Israeli society, every single human being. There was a short period, many years ago, when Rav Yehuda Amital entered Israeli politics and he became a Chaver Knesset, a member of the Knesset. And at that time, he was offered a position of minister in the government. It was assumed that Rav Amital would want to be the minister of religion. That's a powerful political office in Israel. Seems like a natural fit for a Torah scholar, a giant of Torah learning, minister of religion. But Rav Amital declined. And he said, I would prefer to become the minister of health and welfare. Because that is my first priority as a leader of the state of Israel. That, starting with Yosef, is the mark of a tzaddik, a righteous person. My friends, I want you to have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.